Hello, lovely single mums, and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be discussing how to choose the right health insurance for your single parent family. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog that covers everything for your single mother journey. We've got a single mum only anonymous forum, eBooks and e-courses, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways. And it can all be found on our website, beanstalkmums.com.au. But right now for this podcast, I have great pleasure in chatting to Paul Fitzner from the Private Health Insurance Ombudsman. Now, Paul's current role includes leading the Private Health Insurance Ombudsman, which is part of the Office of the Commonwealth Ombudsman, the role of which is to protect the interests of consumers like us in relation to private health insurance. The office is an independent body that acts to resolve disputes around private health insurance at all levels within the private health industry. They also report and provide advice to industry and government about these issues. Uh, A bit about Paul, he's enjoyed a long and varied career in the Australian Public Service, in the Office of the Commonwealth Ombudsman and the Attorney General's Department. Um, Paul's also a father and he and his son have recently started archery and they were looking forward to the Olympics um, so they could watch the archery on there. That was before they were rescheduled to next year. (laughs) Welcome to the Beanstalk podcast, Paul. Thanks, Lucy. It's good to be here. Great to have you on. And I guess the fact that you and your son are missing out on the Olympics this year means that you've got something to look forward to next year. We do. That's right. It's not finished forever, but just 12 months delay. And in the, yes. in the context of everything else that's going on, I think that's not too bad. Yeah, you could be doing a lot worse. But I, having said that, it's actually hard to even know what will happen next year. In fact, it's desperately hard to plan anything at the moment we simply don't know what the future holds and it's for that reason that today's topic of health insurance is so important especially for single parents who are really feeling the pinch and I know some of them are considering possibly dropping their private health insurance or certainly searching for a better policy and I the reason I was so excited to get the private health ombudsman on this podcast was because you really are the only place we can go to for non-biased advice around private health insurance, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. We know that private health insurance can be really daunting. There's a lot of choices out there for individuals which have real life ramifications for health of family and for financial implications as well. So we're the unbiased and independent body We don't advocate for particular policies. We don't advocate for particular funds. We want to protect the interests of private health consumers and arm people with the right information to make good choices. Perfect. I'd call that a safe space. Absolutely. (laughs) Where you're not going to get sold to unknowingly at any point. (laughs) Absolutely. No selling going on here at all. Great. Well, I've got heaps of questions for you today so I'm going to do something which is extremely hard for me and that's try and keep my mouth shut as much as possible um, so that you can get this valuable information out to our listeners who are thinking about making changes to their private private health insurance are you ready to go with my questions for you Oh, good. Let's get started, Lucy. Okay. So my first one is, so for our single mums listening who are unsure about whether or not to get private health health insurance or possibly to drop their health insurance, can you tell us what is covered and how it all works? 
Absolutely. So the private health insurance operates in conjunction with the public health care system, which most of us would know as Medicare. Private health insurance is designed to give people more health care choices and comprises two components, hospital cover and extras cover. Private hospital insurance gives access to private hospitals and more control over when a person goes to hospital. Sometimes it's faster for elective surgery than the public system. And unlike the public system, you might have access to a private room or the doctor of your choice. Elective surgery is defined as surgical treatment of a condition that doctors consider does not require immediate attention, such as a tonsillectomy. And private extras cover or general treatment cover is intended to assist with the cost of some out-of-hospital services, so dental or glasses. You can buy policies in different ways. Policies can be held by individuals, can be held as couples or as families. And in particular, you can buy single parent policies to cover you and your children. Or if you can prefer, you can cover just yourself or just your children. So private health insurance really gives peace of mind, but it's important to check the details of a policy. Your insurer should provide you with information about what is and isn't covered. And this can vary significantly between policies. It's really important to know, though, that having private health insurance is not mandatory. If someone chooses not to have private hospital insurance, all Australian citizens and permanent residents still have access to public hospital admissions for which there are no costs to pay. Every person needs to make their own choice about whether to buy health insurance and consider their own personal circumstances because the same answer won't apply to everyone. And of course, people should be aware that you can't access all benefits immediately. Private health insurance has waiting periods. They can vary in terms of length and depending on the level of coverage, health insurance can be quite costly. So even when you have insurance, you'll probably still need to pay something towards medical and provider fees, what it's often referred to as out-of-pocket costs. Also, depending on your policy, when you go to hospital, you might be subject to an excess or co-payment. So once again, it's really crucial to look at the details of your policy to see what's going to be included. Right. And I think even though you've explained that very clearly to me, I think that shows why people do get so confused when they're looking to buy private health insurance, because there are so many different elements to it and different options, which is great because you can get something that's really right for you. But it's a bit of a minefield if you don't understand it fully. Um, so thank you for explaining that. And my next question to you, Paul, is one so important and comes up all the time on my single mum group but can you explain what happens to current family private health insurance policies when we actually separate for example are we covered by the same policy as we were when we were in our marriage or our de facto partnership when we split up so you, you talked about things being complicated and this is just another part of that because the <laughs> rules in this case can differ from insurer to insurer this is not something that's standardised across the industry. So some insurers will allow you to continue being covered on the same policy after you separate, while others will require all people on a policy to reside at the same address. So once a person moves out, they may not, no longer be able to be on that same policy. So again, as we always say, it's important to check with your insurer about their arrangements. You can usually find information on the health insurer's website, but you can also contact them for advice. One thing we do recommend is if you get advice over the phone, it's best practice to make a note about when you called and what you were told. And if you can catch the name of the person you spoke to, that's good practice as well. 
if your insurer doesn't permit you to stay on the same policy or you decide to split your policies, it's important to remember that if you're making claims for the children, any benefits will be paid to the policyholder. So depending on how you intend to claim for benefits relating to the children of the relationship, one adult could take out a single policy and the other parent for and the other parent can remain on a single parent policy with the children listed as dependents. Depending on individual fund rules, sometimes children of the relationship can be covered on two policies simultaneously. But of course, it's not permitted to double claim. If a, one parent took their child for medical care, they could claim under their policy, but the other parent couldn't claim under the other policy as well. And one point, noting that this is, of course, an individual decision, one point that I did want to uh, raise and draw to your attention is to have regard to matters of privacy. Because if the way that a health insurer will work is to provide details and information to the policyholder. So if a person remains on the policy of their ex-partner, for example, their ex-partner might have access to information such as their contact details, mm. uh, health procedures or cares or other financial information. So all of this is simply to say these are factors that people should take into account when they're considering health insurance as part of a separation. That's so interesting. And I've certainly learned something because I can't remember the amount of times I've told people on our group, you know, be really careful because you won't be covered if you're staying in the same policy after you've separated. But in fact, in some cases, um, you can stay on that policy and you will still be covered. I didn't know that. So that's interesting. And I can even already I can put out some more accurate information when people ask that question. And thank you for the tip about, yeah, when you, make, when you ask a question, if it's over the phone, keep a note of it in case you do need to go back and um, clarify that for any reason. So brilliant tips there. Thank you so much, Paul. Um, so my next question is, and this is a quite a big, uh, a short question, I'm sure, with a fairly long answer. So what should we consider when choosing the right health insurance for our family? You're exactly right. Short question. <laughs> the main thing to remember and the thing we will, we will say to everyone who contacts us is the decision about whether or not to get private health insurance. And if so, which one, which policy, which provider? It's a personal choice. If you've decided that obtaining private health insurance is the right choice for your family, we run a website called privatehealth.gov.au, which is a consumer resource to allow you to compare policies and consider the following different types of factors. So to consider what's considered, sorry, what is covered under the policy and any exclusions. If you decide to add extra benefits later, you may be subject to a 12-month waiting period, either if there are pre-existing conditions or for certain services such as obstetrics in hospital. Uh, and occasionally you may be required to uh, have waiting periods of up to 12 months for extras cover as well. Another factor to consider is the level of cover. All private health insurance hospital policies must adhere to one of four standardised tiers. They're called gold, silver, bronze and basic. They were introduced to make it easier to compare products offered by different insurers. Gold is the highest level of cover you can obtain, understandably, and basic is the lowest, providing coverage for only a few items. The privatehealth.gov.au website allows you to frame the type of policies that you're looking for by identifying the services that are important to you. 
for the question of extras, it's really important to think how much are you paying out in premiums versus how much are you likely to claim in benefits? Sometimes extras cover can not be that expensive in premiums, but when you consider how often a person might need dental care or new glasses, does that actually make financial sense? It's important always also to check the limits or exclusions that might apply to benefits as well. We would generally suggest, as in a lot of things, try getting at least three quotes from different providers. Again, the privatehealth.gov.au website provides some indicative costing information, but as I think I've said numerous times, it all depends on people's personal circumstances. So while that's a useful guide, it's really important to directly engage with the insurer and say, and get a clear quote from them and allow you to make that informed decision. Yeah, so Other I mean, to, yeah, sorry, I was, just, I was just going to say, yeah, so when, when you actually need to, once you've got that information from the Compare website that you have, the privatehealth.gov.au, it's really important not to actually contact the people that you're thinking of using and have a proper chat with them as well. That's right. Our tool is not, uh, it's not a sales tool at all, not only because we're not trying to sell you something, but it doesn't have the, you can't just click a button and purchase it from our site. You actually do need to go back to the insurer. And part of the reason is to ensure that before a product is purchased, the quote you are given is exactly right. While indicative figures can be given from privatehealth.gov, all information will be collected by the insurer and they'll be able to give you that specific tailored exact quote as to what the premium would offer and what their and then what services they would provide. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'll let you carry on. Sorry, sorry if you're interrupting. I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Of course. Uh, and I probably just wanted to note there are 37 insurers in total that operate in the Australian marketplace. So there are lots of big insurers with names that would be well known uh, that advertise well. There are some smaller insurers as well. Again. It's really important to think broadly about the options and uh, uh, services that are out there. Um, Some small insurers can be just as competitive as large insurers. Uh, So considering all of those equally, which are on our website, privatehealth.gov.au. There are also a particular uh, category of insurers. We call them restricted membership insurers. And what they are is specifically tailored to people who work in particular industries or particular employees or employers. So there's a defence insurer, for example, for those in the defence force, or there's a teachers-based insurer, again, for those who are teachers. That's only open for people who are in those professions or in those circumstances, but it gives another option to be considered uh, for people who are looking at insurance. And then the final factor that we say people should really consider is not just the financial implications of what is uh, covered by your service and what it's going to cost, but also the taxation implications. Um, Depending on taxable income, uh, concepts which I can go into a bit more later, uh, such as lifetime health cover, Medicare, uh, private health insurance rebate, Medicare levy surcharge. I think they're terms a lot of us have heard before, but not necessarily understood in great detail. But all of those can also be part of the decision as to what, whether private health insurance is right for you, and if so, which one. 
Okay. And yes, um, you're right that we don't all understand these tax implications. And I have actually got a question for you about them a little bit later on. So I won't let you give us any more information about that now because it won't go in the right order for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. No, yeah, we are going to cut to anyone mm. thinking, oh, I want to know a little bit more about what he's saying there. We're going to cover that in a minute. But before we do, um, yes, you have already spoken a little bit about how the privatehealth.gov.au website works. But I'd like to get a little bit more information with this question so once we've decided okay we've worked out the kind of cover that we want we now need to go in and compare private health policies and we want to do it in that completely non-biased arena which is um, the only place the privatehealth.gov.au website talk us through how we go about that absolutely so privatehealth.gov.au which i suspect you will hear me say several times throughout this session uh, it's the only website in Australia where you can compare every policy from every insurer there are other comparison sites out there but they may not include every policy and what you don't always know is that some of them may be paid by providers to push particular policies over others so the tool that we have the consumer website uh, has a compare what we call a compare policies tool that will ask you a series of questions to help narrow down your search based on what type of cover you want, what services you want to include, and then filter based on the insurers and price range. You'll find that it does ask for some information about your personal circumstances because that helps, because a lot of the different products and costing will depend on those uh, factors. So that might include your age, whether you've had cover before, uh, whether you're applying for one adult or two, whether you have any dependents and so on. What you can do as well is you can generate a number of different responses. You can filter based on the types of product you might be looking for. Uh, you can filter it based on, oh, well, actually, I'd like to uh, restrict that to a lower price or I want more services, so I'm happy to look at the higher range. You can download the report. You can email results to yourself and you can see them right there on the website as well. Again, to stress, this isn't a sales tool. So not only can you not click through and purchase right there, the prices shown are estimates. Um, it's about giving an indication of this personal circumstances with the information that people have provided uh, to give an idea of comparisons between different products. But as we've said, go back to the insurer itself uh, to then seek a detailed quote for your personal circumstances. What we offer, is a tool to help you see what's available in the market, to narrow down your choices to a handful of policies or insurers, and then approach those insurers directly for that specific information. And probably just important to note as well, this is information that is provided directly by the insurers. So the policies and the pricing information is provided by them. It's not done by our office. It's exactly what they have to offer. They're required under law to present this information and it's there for everyone to see. And one other factor that's worth noting on the website as well is there is what's called a private health insurance statement. Now that's a, again, a requirement that needs to be there for every policy has to be accompanied by this statement uh, to give information in a standardized format to enable people to make genuine choices and really genuinely compare the different policies that are on the market such a fantastic website it's just brilliant and i love the fact that it's got every single insurer on it it's not not 
just got the ones that, that people are going to make money from you know that you're having a really good look around everything um, and in, it's standard when people are looking for insurance to get those three phone numbers to give them a call and see which one's best but sometimes it's so hard to know where to start with that so this is just a really good starting point to get some real genuine honest support around ones that could work well for you and then you know which three to call and have a chat with and see which one actually is right and the fact that it's not a sales tool makes it much more valuable to the people using it but I'm going to circle back now <laughs> to what we were talking about, about, I hope, I hope that we're going in an order that's making it easy for people to understand. I'm trying to do it as a process. So understanding what we need to be looking for and thinking about, and then how to find the right ones for us. But then, as you mentioned as well, not just, it's not just about finding what's right for our family in terms of health, um, health cover, health insurance cover, but also it's about those government incentives and surcharges. Can you just talk us through them, um, as well as explaining to us a little bit more about how that lifetime health cover works? Absolutely. So there's three main incentives uh, and surcharges that I'll talk about. I mentioned them before, the private health insurance rebate, the Medicare levy surcharge, and the lifetime health cover loading. I think for a lot of us, these are terms we've heard before, but I will try to give a simple enough explanation of them. <laughs> they do get very complicated and particularly as individual circumstances apply, but hopefully enough to give your listeners the idea of, of what these are covering. Perfect. So the private, health the private health insurance rebate applies for most Australians to get a rebate from the Australian government to help cover the cost of private health insurance premiums. The rebate is income tested. Uh, so it will vary depending on your income, whether you're uh, as a single or as a family, whether your number of dependents, but the rebate will apply to hospital, general treatment and ambulance policies. The Medicare levy surcharge, and in this case, I draw the distinction between the Medicare levy and the Medicare levy surcharge. The Medicare levy helps fund Medicare. It's 2% of a person's taxable income in addition to their nominal taxable income rate uh, and applies to almost everybody other than some uh, low income earners. In contrast, the Medicare levy surcharge is a levy paid by Australian taxpayers who do not have private hospital cover and who earn above a certain income. That income at the moment is $180,000 for families, which includes single parent families, or $90,000 for singles. That's a, an annual income. Mm -hmm. The surcharge aims to encourage individuals to take out private hospital cover and, where possible, to use the private system to reduce the demand on the public Medicare system. And then lifetime health cover loading. Lifetime health cover loading, you might see it as LHC. It's a government initiative that is designed to encourage people to take out hospital insurance earlier in life and maintain it. person can avoid paying LHC or lifetime health cover loading if you take out hospital cover with an Australian registered health insurer before what we call the lifetime health cover base day, and then you maintain your hospital cover. As simply put as I can, the deadline for most people is the 1st of July following your 31st birthday. If you do not have hospital cover on that base day and then decide to take out hospital cover later in life, you'll pay a 2% loading on top of your premium for every year that you are aged over 30. 
you can this is quite a complex thing to see how it applies to you but it essentially is there as an incentive to have people take out hospital cover earlier in their life uh, from before their 31st birthday uh, when their needs on the private health insurance system might be lower rather than waiting until their needs might be higher as they go later in life. On privatehealth.gov.au, we have a lifetime health cover calculator. So again, it's another resource that's on the website that you can enter your information and find out if you would need to pay that loading. And also, um, from an expat point of view, and as you can tell from my accent, I didn't grow up in Australia, and, and so many people didn't. I didn't realise, and I missed my opportunity. I think when you become a permanent resident of Australia, even if you're over 31, you have a year, I think, in order to get the full lifetime um, health cover is that right I, I, I can't I mean it was a while ago now I've been here for 11 years but I missed out on it because I didn't realize that's right so the policy also says as I said the sort of the, the base deadline for people who were here is the first July after 31st birthday but the policies do take into account situations exactly like yours where we have migrants who come in at ages older than that so again the information is on our website, uh, mm. available there for people to have a look at and look at their personal circumstances. And that is a perfect example of where we will have our own personal circumstances and we do need to get the right information for us. Um, now, That's right. th th your, your speciality really is helping people when things go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that, right as an <laughs> who do we call Absolutely. when we've got a problem oh, is there an ombudsman we can call um so um i'm gonna ask you the question of like if we do encounter a problem with our private health insurance what do we do and where can we go to get help yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Um, first and foremost, as an ombudsman, we're here to, um, in addition to the consumer information that we provide, is to help resolve disputes. So it's about us protecting the interests of private health insurance consumers. So one of the ways we can do that is by taking complaints about a person's private health insurance arrangements. Most of the time, we receive complaints from members about their insurers, but we can also can take complaints about hospitals and medical practitioners if it relates to a private health insurance arrangement. Mm -hmm. So if a person is concerned about the quality of their medical care, for example, uh, they'd be better placed going to a healthcare commission or professional body in their state or territory. But if it relates to insurance, that's where you can come to us. What we will say is that if a complaint is about your insurer, most of the time we'll say, first of all, have you checked your policy carefully because there often is some fine print in there? But second, if you're still not sure, we recommend contacting the insurer directly to discuss your concerns. A lot of the time, people are able to resolve this individually uh, with their insurer who can hear the circumstances and actually resolve that matter quicker than, than is necessary for us to get involved. We've actually got some tips and advice on the website for how to make an effective complaint. One of the most important things we'll say is really focus on the main issue. We understand that in these kind of circumstances, it's very easy to get angry and upset where you feel like something's been done that's not fair, that wasn't what was promised, where it relates to your health or your financial situation. These are high stress situations. But often getting distracted by minor details can make it hard 
for you and the insurer to focus on really what is the main point of dispute. And we say as well, it's really important to think about what's the outcome you want to achieve by making a complaint. Is it about the cost of a particular process? Is it about what, how much funding has been provided? What benefit has come under the policy? Is it about the premiums themselves? Think carefully about what you're looking for and it helps really, that helps the insurer get quickly to the nub of the issue. We then say though, if you can't resolve the complaint, complaint with your insurer, you can escalate it to us. We are the private health insurance ombudsman, but we're part of the office of the Commonwealth Ombudsman. This is an Australian government agency that oversees both Australian government activity, uh, such as uh, Services Australia and the Department of Home Affairs, uh, but also um, takes complaints about a number of industries and sectors of which private health insurance is one. So the most effective way to make a complaint is online, as our form will ensure we collect all the important material from you. It will step you through the process, what we need, and help you to give us the information that we need to look at. If you can't use our web form, we have some other ways to contact us, which is, of course, including by phone. So what we'll do if a complaint is made to us is, we'll assess it, of course, and depending on your circumstances, we might be able to talk to you about it and explain it a bit better. We, as I have said numerous times, private health insurance can be complicated. It can be quite daunting. Sometimes we can play that role of interpreter, for want of a better word, to um, explain what the insurer has said, perhaps not in the clearest language, but hopefully in a way that we can then explain what has happened. Uh, we might refer the issue to the insurer. Uh, we call this an assisted referral. That's where we'll actually take the matter and refer it back to the insurer. The health insurer, we have agreements in place that the health insurer will contact you, contact you within three days. And they also need to report back to us to tell us how they've resolved that complaint. So we find about 70% of the complaints that come to us, we can actually finalise through that because it sets up a dialogue between the insurer and the individual. Ultimately though, if you're still dissatisfied with the outcome, we might take some further steps. We might talk to the insurer and we might seek some more information. And sometimes we'll actually undertake a full investigation of your complaint. That can take a bit longer. That's the more complex matters, uh, but we will keep you up to date during that process. And ultimately that can be another way where we really need to get to the bottom of, of what happened. Um, if you don't have a complaint, but you do just want to make a general inquiry about private health insurance, Again, there's a lot of information on privatehealth.gov.au, but if you can't find the answer, you can contact us. There's an asking a question online form, or you can contact our inquiries line. Uh, that's 1300 737 299, also on the website. And sometimes we can uh, help resolve um, a, a question uh, for you rather simply. So we're also there as that sort of, we don't provide advice in individual terms. We will never advise you to take out a policy, to take out a particular product, to go with a particular insurer. We do get asked, but that's not a service that we provide. Um, but we will provide you with that general information about the system, how it works, and how you can find more information for your personal circumstances. That's really great. And it's just good to know that someone's got our backs. Should something go wrong, there's somebody who can come in and take a look at the situation and I think, again, it goes back to the very beginning of what we were talking about, choosing the right health insurance for you, because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the issues that do come up are because people perhaps 
didn't quite understand which one they were getting or something wasn't included that they thought was going to be included and because of the complexity of choosing the right one if you don't get it right from the beginning you're more likely to have problems going forward would that be right that's right it's there's a lot of different factors and sometimes it can feel really overwhelming and sometimes a lot of work has been done reforms in this space to ensure that policies are clear insurers have to provide information that that people do not need expertise in this area to understand they can understand and compare but we do find that complaints arise where people might have spoken to an insurer and got some verbal advice but didn't get it in writing and it countermands what they might have seen so there was a misunderstanding or um, there was sort of agreement that this issue wouldn't be covered uh, but the insurer claims, well, that was a pre-existing condition that won't be covered. And the person says, well, no, it was never a pre-existing condition. So we'll see those different types of issues. And we see our role as bringing the two parties together as a, as a neutral third party. We're not in favour. We're not here to back up the insurer. We're not here to advocate for the complainant. We're here to sort of assess it as an independent eye. And sometimes that's enough to help resolve those disputes. Yeah, having that third per person come in and look at the situation. And also, I guess, when people are making complaints or having problems with health insurance, they're usually going through a tough time, probably with their health anyway. So, as you say, they, there could be a lot of emotion in there and having somebody come in and sort it out is brilliant. So it's just great to know that you're there to help if there is a problem, which hopefully there wouldn't be. But Look, that's all we've got time for today. So I know you've mentioned the website that many times, but I don't mind. Um, I want to make sure that people know it's there and it's the best place to go. Can I finally just get you to run through that website again? Where we Absolutely. Go to what's on it? Um, and, and yeah, just say that website again. So it's ingrained in people's brains. <laughs> That's right. I would hope so. Privatehealth.gov.au. You can find it with Private Health in any uh, website search. We'll find it as well. Um, it's got the tools. It's there to compare policies. It's got a lot of information on private health insurance in general. Uh, and so there's a lot of information there. And if you're really interested and you don't have anything else better to do, you can dig into some of our reports on what we've seen, uh, the performance of different funds and how they come together. There's a wealth of information through that website, uh, privatehealth.gov.au. Strongly encourage you to check it out. Definitely. And when you tap that into your search engine, just to let you know, there will be lots of ads at the top of the search results. Um, don't tap on those because um, some of those other businesses are working on commission. Make sure you go to the one we're talking about today, the privatehealth.gov.au for completely non-biased advice and no sales. So, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Um, I hope you've still got a voice after having to explain all of that to us. You're brilliant at explaining things. So thank you for providing that information to our listeners. And thank you for, you know, just coming on the podcast, for giving up some of your time and talking us through the complexities of private health insurance from that completely non-biased perspective. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Lucy. And I hope uh, your listeners have found that useful.
I'm sure they will do. I'm asked a question about health insurance all the time, so I'll be able to share this podcast rather than have to keep banging on about it. It makes my life easier as well. <laughs> so thank you so much. And I hope that you and your son do manage to get to watch the Olympics next year. I've got my fingers crossed for you. Thank you so much. I hope so too. <laughs> and, and to all the single mums listening, look, I hope this chat has helped you make sense of private health insurance and to get clarity around the specific needs for your own family and also to help you feel that there is a safe space to choose health in the private health insurance um, and to get support if things don't go um, as you need them to um, and just remember as we've gone on and on about there's only one place to go for that support without a sale and that I'm going to say it one last time is privatehealth.com.au um, oh god can you believe it the very last time i said it in the whole podcast i said it. i'm gonna to have to say it again now privatehealth.gov.au i'm gonna say it one I... more time privatehealth.gov.au <laughs> <laughs> my cat's looking at me at the moment like i've gone mad <laughs> okay and remember if you've not visited my website beanstalkmums.com.au make sure you do not only will you find more podcasts like this but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey and you can chat to me anytime on our anonymous single mum forum or on the single mum vine facebook group which are also reached through the website and one final point before you leave if this podcast has helped you, and I hope that it has, please take just 30 seconds to rate and review it. The reviews we get make the podcast easier to find by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. So until next time, ladies, goodbye. <laughs>